Hello, everyone. You are listening to the Fantasy Football Fortunes. This is our debut show, and we're happy to have you here with us. My name is Sam Graham. I'll be hosting the show along with my co-partner and partner in crime, Herman. How are you doing today, man? Doing great, Sam. Doing great. Happy to be here talking football. Welcome. Yeah, well, just so you all know, we're here to talk fantasy football and help you win your leagues and win all that money that comes along with it. Uh, we may get into a little DFS. We're probably not going to start the show off there right away, but we'll, as uh, we go along, our show will evolve and will evolve. Uh, a little bit of background about ourselves. Me and Herman here met going to high school in Tennessee, a school called Ravenwood. Shout out, except not really, because I wasn't a big fan of that place. <laughs> <laughs> and Herman, I forgot you actually went to a different high school the second two years of all that. Yeah, I have problems as a child. <laughs> <laughs> anyway um so we both been we both dabbled in fantasy football growing up and we've been serious about it for about the last five years and we've won quite a few times and we've just people started coming to us for advice so we thought why not make a show and then we only have to say it once um uh, today we're going to be talking about week one matchups for you today uh we'll be going through the first eight um going on at noon on sunday plus the thursday night game between the buccaneers and the cowboys and then the next day um tomorrow we're hoping to be releasing these on wednesdays and thursdays um the next thursday we'll release the second half of the matchups herman how am i doing so far do you have any comments no, you're doing great, Sam. Um, it, also, his voice doesn't normally sound like this. I don't know what the hell he was doing uh, uh, earlier, but uh, it's normally a lot cleaner than this raspy shit you got going on. Oh, my, uh, yes. Sorry, am I, is my sore throat coming through the mic, or is my mic fucking up? <laughs> no, your sore throat's coming through the mic, but it's fine. <laughs> I'm just Sorry, making fun everybody. of you. <laughs> uh, it's going to start with the Cowboys in Tampa Bay versus Tom Brady and the Buccaneers. There's a lot of fantasy-relevant players on this matchup that we're going to get into. The over-under is 52 points, which, in my opinion, honestly, I expected to be a little higher. Um, but I guess both these teams have pretty effective defenses, so I guess it's fair. But if I were to go over-under, I would go on the over. And it has the line as Bucks at 6.5. And me and you would be split on that front, Sam. I actually think I'd go under. Um, Buccaneers' defense is stifling, uh, and I think it will hold on par um, this year as well. All right. Well, let's start at the quarterback position with this matchup then. Um, um, for Tampa Bay Buccaneers, we got the GOAT, uh, Tom Brady. How are your thoughts on Tom Brady this week, for this week one against the uh, Dallas defense. Play Tom Brady, guys. Uh, Dallas does not have a good secondary, and this is going to be uh, more or less of a shootout, I think, uh, as well, um, with the Bucks, you know, stifling the the Dallas defense more so. Um, so I really like Tom Brady in this matchup. He's got all those weapons returning. Um, you know, they returned all their starters from the Super Bowl team last year and have another offseason of building that chemistry. Um, so I, I really like him this week. Um, uh, yeah. So the coverage rating on Pro Football Focus is was twenty seventh in the league, which, as you can, is pretty abysmal. And if we look at what uh, Dallas Cowboys had offered in for passing yards to defenses, um, if you give me a second, I can run through that. But 
Tom Brady is a set it forget it player, guys. We're not going to spend too much time on this. Um, he has all the weapons in the world for a quarterback to be uh, effective. They just signed Giovanni Bernard to help with that pass protection to give him more time in the slot. And no, Gio, I'm a big fan of Giovanni Bernard this year. I think he's the sleeper of the year, but as time will tell on all that. Uh, yeah. On the flip side, yeah. then we've got uh, we got Dak Prescott. Um, and I actually think you got to be cautious playing Dak this week. Um, the Cowboys offense is going to be explosive. Uh, one of, you know, top five unit in the NFL, um, if, if they can all stay healthy. Uh, but that Bucks defense is really nice. I mean, I, I, I don't like playing quarterbacks against them too much. Um, so I, I don't know that I project him to go ham. Um, but, you know, I think. Uh, it's Dak Prescott, right? You drafted him very high in your draft, so you're probably not going to sit him for week one, nor do I expect you to. Uh, but, you know, temper expectations a little bit on that ceiling. You know, Tampa Bay only did allow 249 passing yards per game on average last year to the and – that, and with Dak Prescott and his mobility, if he kept his mobility through the injury – yeah, I, I like him as a play this week, but do not expect a game winner. Yeah, and that injury, I really think that he's coming back just fine. I mean, all reports out of camp has been that, um, you know, the, the foot and ankle is is totally healed. Um, frankly, I'm more worried about the shoulder. He's had some shoulder issues uh, going into into camp. So I, I don't know that uh, the mobility is a fear for mine. I don't think the shoulder should hamper him, uh, but something just to be aware of. All right. So pretty much I'll go on Dak Prescott and Tom Brady in this match. Uh, I believe do have a strong belief that this game will be moving through the air and not so much on the ground, which brings us to our next point of the, the running back situation with Zeke Elliott and the whole committee that's hanging out in Tampa Bay. Thoughts on Zeke this week, Alec? I mean, you're not going to bench Zeke, right? It's just not going to happen, and I get it. I've got him in one league. I'm not benching him. Um, that being said, I am not excited at all about this matchup. Uh, normally, I would bench the running back going against the Buccaneers front. Um, they have they've just been so good against the ground. Uh, I believe lead leaguer, lead uh, league leaders in uh, not allowing rush yards, not allowing rushing touchdowns, and uh, having the lowest yards per attempt as well. So um, uh, you just got to, again, temper expectations with Zeke here. I really don't think uh, that he's going to hit that that uh, that number that you want him to. Um, great opportunity, though, after week one. If you don't have Zeke, go buy low. I have a feeling he's not going to put up the numbers that his uh, owners are going to want him to, and you might be able to get a, get a quick bargain for him right after week one that's a good point i was just looking up here the buccaneers allowed about 100 rushing yards a game to the running back position well if i look here as well give me one second i just see that the buccaneers are pretty been like you said they brought back all 11 starters they're here they're not going anywhere they're going to be playing the pretty similar to the way they were last year they only allowed 11 touchdowns to the running back position last year with an average of 14 points a game. And in total, only allowed less than 1,000 rushing yards to the running back. So I would, like you said, you're not going to start Zeke, but I hope you, like you said, prepare your expectations, and I think this will be a low week for him. What do you think about the uh, Tampa Bay uh, backs, Sam? This one's uh, definitely trickier. 
Take your dart and throw it at the board, and whichever one it lands on, that's who can go into your flex position. <laughs> um, if in full point PPR, um, when we're talking about a lot of things, you'll notice we're going off half point PPRs, uh, sta uh, standard format, and with we're going off sleeper, the sleeper apps because we love sleeper. Um, their projections and ADP and stuff like that. So that's where you'll find the kind of information. Our basis of the information of players we're talking about i personally like i said earlier i'm a big fan of giovanni bernard i think he is going to be the pass catching back for the tampa bay buccaneers and the same kind of way james white was for tom brady in tampa bay i mean in new england so um you if you have giovanni bernard you got him in the last round if you don't he's sitting on the waiver wire and you can go pick him up now but um Ronald Jones averaged five yard, over five yards of carry last year, so he's going an effective between the tackles running back. Um, I think Leonard Fournette is there right now, just in case something happens to one of the other two. But I really think, but obviously he's going to vulture in some carries and lower that Ronald Jones value. But as far as the passing down plays go, I would I would think that this would go to Gio Bernard. So I would bench Leonard Fournette, and if you're really in a bind, play Giovanni Bernard, and you can feel comfortable playing Ronald Jones. But once I really think we're going to get into the exciting parts in this next uh, segment when we talk about the wide receivers. Yeah, and I, and I agree with you. I mean, I, I think, you know, the running backs are – it's Bruce Aarons, right? If Ronald Jones puts the ball on the ground – within the first quarter, he, he might get benched for the rest of the game. So, uh, rest of the season or rest of the season. Um, so I think they're going to effectively split carries, not getting the passing down work. Now, that being said, you know, they're going against a not great defense against the run. So, um, I think they can get it done, but I would not expect them to get much more than, I mean, they're going to be touchdown or bust, bust kind of players. Yes. Yes. I think the turns out turn down between the running backs, and how they do on the finish on the week is based on how many times and who finds the end zone, which I do not expect to be many. Oh, all right. So that's running backs. Not a very exciting game for the running backs. You have Zeke, but you do have the return of Dak, which is exciting. And hopefully Zeke and Dak can get back to their old ways. Um, for the wide receivers, now we have two teams that are very deep in the wide receiver position, and which gives the ball a lot of places to go, which is good to hear for a pass-happy game, but can everyone get enough targets to be fantasy-relevant? The answer's no, Sam. The answer's no. <laughs> <laughs> now, do you want to start with the Buccaneers or the Cowboys on this one? Uh, either or. Neither one of these guys. I mean, someone's going to bust out of this group, right? We have a lot of talented wide receivers on both teams. Um, lining up for the Cowboys, we have Gallup, Amari Cooper, CeeDee Lamb. Um, I think you should play all those guys with uh, a fair amount of confidence uh, um, going in. Again, there's too many, you know, I hate this term, but there's too many mouths to feed here, um, especially against a good Bucks secondary. Uh, I just, I, it, someone's going to bust. I just don't know which one, to be honest. And so I think they're all going to do decent. Um, on the flip side, we've got uh, uh, Antonio Brown, Chris Godwin, Mike Evans uh, lining up for the Bucks. Again, I, I see Tom Brady lighting them up. But where's the ball going to go, right? I, I personally think it's going to go Chris Godwin and uh, Mike Evans' way. Um, or, I'm sorry, not Evans. Antonio Brown's way. And so, um, uh, you know, I think if you're going to play a pass catcher, it's going to go 
those two directions. There were injury reports that came out with Godwin and Brown today. I think this is more smoke than fire. My guess is they're getting veterans days off um, just because they have a Thursday night game. Um, so I don't know that I'd read too much into this, um, but I think those are both smash plays this week. Evans, I'm a little more skeptical on just based on his opportunity share he saw last year. It just seems like he's fading. Uh, but, you know, you, you drafted Mike Evans, you're going to play him this week. Um, Dallas' secondary isn't good. Yeah, so for yeah for Tampa Bay wide uh, wide receivers, I've Chris Godwin and Antonio Brown are my favorites. I've personally been picking Antonio Brown in my uh, redraft leagues. Um, I really appreciate the value you're getting for him, and he has just as much potential to produce like everyone else. Um, and Mike Evans is the, is a very great player and. We'll see how it all turns out. But like you said, there's still a lot of, lot of balls going around um, in this game. How I believe that Tom Brady probably passes the ball upwards of 35 times, like personally. And so with it, plenty of catches to be caught by everyone else. Um, I do like Antonio Brown, but I would actually be more nervous about Chris Godwin over Mike Evans. Um, let's go back to Dallas really quick, because you said that Ga- Michael Gallup, you uh, consider a surefire starter. I think you can start them with confidence at what they're projected. Um, I think the projections, you know, going off of Seedler's Sleeper's projection, I don't think, I mean, I believe CeeDee Lamb and Amari Cooper both are projected around 13. I think um, Gallup is around that 10, 11 range. I think that's probably right. Um, you know, even in, with Gallup, Gallup's going to be their downfield threat. Um, and so Dak's going to take those shots. I think they're going to be passing a lot because uh, they're not going to be able to run the ball. And I think that might get enough volume for everyone. Um, again, to, uh, there's probably going to be an odd man out. It's hard to sustain that kind of passing volume for and make everyone relevant. Um, but I, you know, I don't think he'll lay a goose egg on you. That's fair. Um, I think without a touchdown, Michael Gallup will probably score below five points. But Time will tell. We'll know in just a couple days or tomorrow if you're listen when you're listening to this. All right. Do you have any more any more comments on this matchup before we move on, my man? No, I'm excited for the next one. Yeah, this next one's gonna be real cool. Um, this one I feel like you're going to agree with me that the over under is probably a little low with the Cardinals and Titans. Yes. <laughs> now, this, these are two teams with just as strong of passing attacks and offenses, maybe not so, the Cardinals, at least the four, out of the last two teams with way de- uh, worse defenses with the Cardinals and the Titans. Um, and they only have us at a f- 51 over under on the game. How are you feeling about that one, Alex? Which, in their defense, that over-under is pretty high. Um, that being said, the Cardinals are going to run the most plays in the NFL. Uh, uh, they did last year. I don't expect anything different this year out of Cliff Kingsbury's offense. The Titans um, just switched over from Arthur Smith, um, and so they're going to have a new offensive system in place, one that I think is going to throw more. Um, so I, I think you're going to see a shootout, especially since these defenses are not good. Um, so I, I expect a lot of points to be put on the board here. Yeah, the Titans are pretty exposed on the run. Um, I actually just did a piece on James Conner and Chase Edmonds the other day, and this is the um, 
I'm a little slight on James Conner. I think without red zone presence, um, that's all he's really going to be there for. I think you'll see Chase Edmonds between the 20s. Uh, Chase Edmonds actually only scored one rushing touchdown last year. And then had to and had scored four receiving, as opposed to James Conner being pretty effective in the red zone against the Steelers, um, and finding the end and finding it six times. So I just I strongly believe that James Conner will be taking from the red zone carries, while Chase Edmonds will be a very much between the twenties kind of guy. And both of those play in that situation. Neither of those teams uh, really can produce and show up, which makes me a bit nervous. Uh, you talk about running backs there? Yeah, gotcha. sorry. I kind of uh, floated off and moved on to the next topic. No, no no worries. Um, uh, yeah, and, and like quarterbacks, play them. They'll, they'll both do well. I think they'll both smash their projection for fantasy points. Um, so I don't even know that we have to spend a lot of time on it. Um, on top of your running backs thing, though, I do think they're going to eat into each other a little bit here. It's hard for me to play either one of those guys with confidence, um, but I, I think there's going to be opportunities here. I just don't know who's going to get it. Yeah, abs- absolutely. Like I said, I think we'll see uh, James Conner in the end zone and we'll see Jay, uh, Chase Edmonds at the 50. And just neither of those are roles that are really fantasy effective. If anything, you want the guy that's ending up in the end zone. Yeah, yeah. No, absolutely. On the Titans side, we've got, um, uh, you know, really A.J. Brown and uh, uh, Julio Jones. Before we, go to wide, before we go to wide receivers, let's oh, cover Derek. Yeah, Henry. absolutely. Sorry, I'm jumping ahead. I, I'm just so excited about the wide receivers. Um, it's all right. I jumped ahead too. So we're all, we're all over the place. This is our first time. Remember everybody, our first time doing a show. So we're just learning as we go. Uh, so I hope you're still enjoying the ride. Derek Henry is going to be a smash to get back to the Titans running game. Um, I mean, this Cardinals D again, I don't think it's going to be able to stop him. Um, it's, it's a, it's a pretty clear winner there for me. Uh, obviously, again, you drafted him so freaking high, play him. Um, but there's not much, not much more to say there. I mean, he's he's the Yeti. He's he's the big boy. Do you think the loss of Arthur Smith as their offensive coordinator is going to end the uh, acquisition of Julio Jones? Does it kind of tell you? Because to me, it kind of looks like the Titans might be moving away from such a run-heavy uh, offense. I agree with you. And- and on a season-long basis, I concur. Um, but when it comes to this game, I mean, again, I think we'll see more passing period from the Titans this year. But I think Derrick Henry is going to be so efficient, it's not going to matter. I'm just saying, um, so I'm just like looking at Pro Football Focus. Uh, we'll be referring to a lot of their ratings, rankings throughout this show. And I just noticed that uh, Arizona was in the bottom 10 for coverage last year and what? 12th worst when it came to uh, the pass rush and think about how many options they have on that and the loss of Patrick Peterson I think Arizona will be really susceptible downfield and they're that's their weak point where they're going to attack oh absolutely I mean I think everyone's gonna win here I think Derrick Henry's gonna I mean, get his I think AJ Brown and Julio are gonna get theirs <laughs> there's gonna be five sco- touchdowns scored by the Titans this year 
<laughs> this week. Yeah. No, uh, I did notice that the Cardinals actually were the third worst ranking run defense too. So they're, not they're good. just a, they're just up there to be exposed and picked apart. And I think the Titans are the kind of team built to do that and be very versatile with the ball. So um start Julio Jones, start AJ Brown. Uh, I don't have their projections in front of me at right this second, but I'm a big, I obviously go all in on Titans. Start your Titans. Start Anthony Fersker if you're feeling really crazy and trying to stream a tight end. He is a great streaming option this week. I do like him. I believe Jeff Swain also got COVID, if I'm remembering correct. So he's not going to have target competition this first week or shouldn't. Um, so, uh, uh, Anthony Ferkser, I think is a great streaming option. And even if Jeff Swain's there, Anthony Ferkser is the number one tight end. Um, he'll eat into it a little bit, but Ferkser is the one you'll see in the red zone. Well, Cardinals were pretty bad against the wide receiver and running back in fantasy. They actually did hold, t- uh, tight ends to only 6.2 points a game. So that's something to keep out. And I, while everyone hears uh, Herman, you'll hear me hear me refer to Herman as Alex sometimes. That's because that is his first name. I caught myself doing it and just to avoid confusion. His name is Alec Herman, but we call him Herman. Hey, guys. Uh, <laughs> um, yeah, so the Cardinals just, they only allowed 6-2. And while Herman's over there preaching about Anthony Fersker, he did convince me to drop him from my dynasty. Uh, he's he's a horrible knows, season-long so. league. I hate him in season-long leagues. Not the player. I just do not like his situation. I don't think he's I don't think he's going to be effective more than a streaming tight end. Yeah, I'm banking on the touchdown here for Fersker. For sure. All right, well, let's move to the uh, – um, for the Cardinals, the Cardinals have a tight end. That you, who's the Cardinals tight end that you're worried about at this point? God, I, I don't even know the I Cardinals tight guess end. I honestly forgot to – I guess I forgot to check that before we checked. Like I said, we're learning and we're going through the motions. Um, yeah, I'll let you look that Yeah, up. don't play the Cardinals tight end. Let's just go with that <laughs> right play there. The, no, don't play the Cardinals tight end. Let's just go with that right oh. there. All right. Anyway, um, we didn't touch the wide receivers for the Cardinals. Um, I've noticed everyone has been slipping on Christian Kirk since the acquisition of A.J. Green. Um, but obviously, DeAndre Hopkins is a hit or miss, or not a hit or miss, is a surefire start. Is there anyone else in that roster that you are interested in. I actually do like AJ Green. Um, you know, this is the first time he's reportedly healthy. I, I, I'm not quite sure that we ever saw a healthy AJ Green last year. And then obviously there's that contract dispute that was going on as well. Um, you know, I don't know if he was there mentally either. Uh, it would be interesting to see. I've heard great things from camp about AJ Green um, just in the reports coming up. Uh, it seems like he's, I don't want to say back to his normal self, Again, he's 33 years old. He's definitely getting past that age um, where you're going to see decline. But I think against this weak Titan secondary, he might eat week one. You know, fresh off fresh off of a, a, an offseason, has a lot of gas in the tank. Um, I, I think he'll actually do pretty well in this game. I think it's funny that uh, A.J. Green is looking healthy. I give that two quarters of football before he goes down. <laughs> you very well may be right. <laughs> But, you know, and then Christian Kirk, I really like Christian Kirk. And then um, 
But on one start of week one, I think he's going to have to show that he's ready to play this year as it builds out. What? Sorry, I forgot I wasn't talking into my headset, so I think I just got really quiet for a second. Um, Rondale, on top of that. Oh, sorry to interrupt, Sam. Uh, Rondale Moore is also an interesting streaming option here. Now, this is his first game as a rookie, so you obviously have to tamper expectations here. I don't, I don't know that I feel confident starting him, but I could easily see a 100-yard game from Rondale Moore just based on how bad the Titans' defense is. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Um, I was just getting to that. I really like Rondell Moore and say, but him and Christian Kirk are in the same boat. Um, they're just gonna have to wait till AJ Green goes down, so maybe like a week or two, and then they're gonna fight with each other about who's gonna be that next spot. Um, Rondell operates from the slot though, so I think uh, oh, Rondell yeah, will never true. be an outside guy. Him and AJ Green He's almost don't play day. the same. Yeah. I think it's Christian Kirk that's actually going to take the hit on um, his playing time. For sure. All right. Anyone else on this on uh, this matchup you feel necessary to mention? Don't play the defenses. Don't play the defenses. <laughs> it's good. It's good. Oh, we didn't cover that. Would you play the defenses for the Buccaneers? With the Buccaneers defense. I mean, you probably drafted them early. If it's your defense because you're hanging them on all year, I get it. Um, would I stream them? No. I wouldn't stream either one of those defenses either. Yeah, it's hard when you uh, draft a defense early to, for, to have the Buccaneers defense, and then you end up with – and then you end up playing the Cowboys. Yeah. Game. Um, sorry everyone for the background noise. Um, I'm a person who fidgets and I find myself fidgeting with all these random sort of things <laughs> I have on the table in front of me. So if you hear anything clicking around, I'm sorry. I opened a beer earlier and I tried to make that not uh, pick up on, but I don't know how I'm doing. So if you hear anything in the background, I apologize and I'll work on it for future shows. All right. Are you ready to move to the next show, brother? Let's do it. All right. Seahawks and Colts. Um, here, you're going to start Russell Wilson. You're starting DK Metcalf. Uh, the first question, which I think you would probably start anyway, is going to be Tyler Lockett. How do you feel about Tyler Lockett? So before we get into Tyler Lockett, I do want to talk about the over-under on this game. Oh, we, yes, absolutely. Got ahead of myself. Again. We have the over-under at 52. This seems this seems really high for me, it, it, personally. Um, if, if I would smash this under. Um uh, the Colts defense was good last year. Uh, so I, I, you know, I really don't think they're going to take a massive step down. Um, uh, the Seahawks also, you know, they're, they're a tale of two stories, right? I mean, one, one half of the year, they were very explosive offensively and the other half, they just disappeared. Um, I'm kind of curious to see what Seahawks team we see this year. Uh, they brought in offensive coordinator, Shane Waldron. Um, he should make this a more pass happy uh, offense, but the Seahawks mentality has always been the ground and pound mentality. And so it'll be really interesting to see how they come out and play this year. Um, just as far as their, their uh, coaching and scheme. So does that make So if they're gr with the ground and pound mentality, are you uh, all for Chris Carson as a start this year, this week? I'm not. I, I like. I think they're going to try to ground and pound it originally uh, and just run the football. Uh, the the Colts front's good. I mean, DeForest Buckner is leading that that right in the middle that front. Um, he's an absolute stud. Uh, I think he's like six seven. Um, 
hundreds of pounds. Uh, I don't know his weight, but he's a massive human being. Um, and so I don't see Chris Carson getting a lot on the ground, but that's never stopped the Seahawks from trying in the past. Right. And if I recall correctly, Russell Wilson is a great quarterback, one of the best in the league, but he really does need an established run to be hit his full effectiveness. I think the Seahawks will have to pass to win this game. Um, Absolutely. Which will put the ball in his hands, which just gives him the opportunity to make more. The question is, do they pass? Uh, And so that brings me to, you know, Russ's. I I do think Russ is a great. I mean, you obviously drafted him early again, so so you're going to play him. Um, The Colts' weakest area is they're going to be their second, is going to be their secondary. They're they're very strong against the run. So if the Seahawks are going to win, they're going to throw it. Uh, And if you believe in Pete Carroll and his ability to um, uh, be versatile, and take what the other team's giving to him, uh, he's going to tell Russ to cook. Uh, and so, you know, that's good news for fantasy, absolutely, because I think, you know, I'm, I I like Russ here. I like DK here. I also like Tyler Lockett here. Ty- yeah, Tyler Lockett. Tyler Lockett, I have a funny theory about players like Tyler Lockett and Jarvis Landry. You have them on your team once, and they do pretty a- mediocre, but they do adequate for you. And if you, but they're not flashy, but they're just good players. Beagle is just put in that flex spot because you know you'll have just a reliable. Player. Throw Tyler Boyd in that mix too. <laughs> Die, yes, Tyler Boyd, Jarvis Landry, Tyler Lockett, all those guys are just one of those. If you have them on your team, and then you, it comes to draft time, and they're sitting at the top of your board, you're just like, damn it, okay. <laughs> uh, what what do you think about the Colts passing attack here? Colts passing attack, you know, um, Paris Campbell is their most seasoned uh, receiver right now. Um, I'm a huge fan of Michael Pittman Jr. And the two in the like moment, who went with T.Y. Hilton go down last year? Was it? Uh, uh, T.Y. Hilton went down last year. He's down again this year. Yeah. So when and the moment uh, T.Y. went down. Michael Pittman became the center of that pass attack. Uh, I think I saw three of the next five plays go to him, and then three plays start with <laughs> three plays in the first drive of the next game before he went down. You know, so I'm a really big Pittman fan. I think he's really going to be the new face of this uh, pass attack. Um, I'm really hoping with Carson Wentz. Uh, is quarterback if he does start at quarterback just gets a little more consistency it's not well not more consistency it's definitely a step down from Philip Rivers in my opinion especially if Carson Wentz plays the way he's been playing the last couple years but I'm really hoping getting away from the Eagles organization gives Carson Wentz a, a little bit of new breath of fresh life and you know, and then he's got his weapons and I know I've kind of moved over to the quarterback so we'll kind of just bundle this all into one um, he's got his weapons with Michael Pittman, who, like I said, it'll be the number one target as far as the receivers go. And then Jack Doyle and Moali Cox and Carson Wentz really succeeded having a big, powerful tight end that he could just throw the ball at. And I think Moali Cox is just such a physical specimen that he might be doing that Dak Pre- or, uh, not Dak Prescott, um, Carson Wentz will be doing that once again. And Moali Cox, and I really... I'm a fan of the, there's that clatter again, sorry, Um, fan of the Colts passing attack, and 
part of that would also be Naeem Hines, and it's about whether or not Jonathan Taylor and Naeem Hines are going to be splitting those passes, or if it's going to be very much a one-two roll and a third down roll. So that is my whole summation on the entire Colts team. I apologize. Um, I do like uh, Zach uh, Paris Campbell and Zach Pascal as other receivers, as NFL receivers, as far as fantasy relevancy. Um, the Colts want uh, Michael Pittman is the only Colts receiver I want to have roster until I see more. Yeah, um, and I agree. If the Colts are going to win this game, they're going to have to do throwing. I mean, I think it's it's the tale for the Seahawks as well. And so I, I actually like Paris Campbell a lot this game. Um, I, I, I like all the Colts receivers a lot um, just for what they're projected, obviously. Um, Pittman, definitely highest on him. Um, he's that prototypical alpha uh, X receiver that we like to see. Um, and he's coming into his second year, sophomore year. Um, I do think he's going to you take that huge leap forward um, and really be the person that Carson Wentz leans on uh, uh, as that big body. Uh, that being said, though, Carson Wentz likes targeting in the middle of the field. And as much as I like uh, Jack Doyle and Mo Alley-Cox, um, I think Jack Doyle will get some run. Um, but Paris Campbell is going to be the guy that really sticks out to me is that speedy um, in between uh, in between the numbers uh, receiver that he can rely on. Um, uh, you know, Jonathan Taylor, you're obviously playing him here. Uh, don't get me wrong. Um, yeah, and I think he'll do fine. Um, the Seahawks were pretty good against the run last year. So, um, you know, just, just keep that expectation in mind mind uh but you know ultimately um uh i really think the receivers are where you're gonna make your money here and it'll be really interesting to see if we see carson wentz from last year or carson wentz from his super bowl year and who we're gonna get this season and the seahawks did allow the 10th most points last year to the wide receiver position at uh 25 of 25 and a half points to the wide receivers so just a little extra nugget on saying the Seahawks can be exposed Yep. in the downfield. Um, as far as that pretty much covers that, you know, a lot of fle- start fle- flex Michael Pittman, flex uh, Tyler Lockett, you're starting DK. Um, would you start Carson Wentz? I think that's the big question of this matchup. You know, I, it, I wouldn't. Um... Based on what we saw last year, it's going to be tough to start him with any kind of confidence against any NFL team. Um, he's got to prove it to me before I, I'm willing to put him in that spot. My guess is you can stream better options than Carson Wentz week one. Yeah, that's how I feel about it too. If you want to make a roster stash and do a wait and see so you're not competing for the waiver pickup in a couple weeks, sure, you know, you can do that with a lot of players. But if you don't have the roster space, don't have cards once on your team all right you ready to move to the next one yep let's do it all right we're moving to the vikings at Bengals. now this is my homer team so i'll try not to be too biased or too nice or honestly too much of a pessimist because <laughs> god damn it <laughs> um but you know we have a only a 48 over under with a three-point point spread, which I think is just so on point of what this game is going to be. Um, we know the Vikings and the Mike Zimmer offense, they love to do just run the ball ground a pound, which is very uh, positive for Dalvin Cook. Um, 
are you all right if I just start going into oh, it? Oh, absolutely. Yep. Yeah, sounds good. With um, Vikings, just run the ball with Dalvin Cook. That's the whole base of their offense. If they can't get the run game going, they're shaky. Um, their rookie is steal, Christian Darisaw, just returned to practice this week. And seeing, um, I don't know how a rookie O-lineman can come in from missing a whole uh, off-season training camp and start week one. So I doubt we'll see him on the field, but maybe he's just that much of a natural and we will. So I think the shakiness of the O-line by the Vikings can be pretty much the same. Um, and so I do believe this will probably be a pretty low-scoring game. Um, the Vikings are going to keep the ball on the ground to run out the clock, get that lead early, and then just kind of hold it. And so I'm very high on Dalvin Cook, obviously, which is a, like the most obvious thing to say. I think Dalvin Cook will just be, by sheer volume and ability, just put up top five numbers as well. And But in the pass attack, I'm a little nervous because when the run game works, the Vikings don't pass. You know, they um, there's some games where Kirk Cousins has passed the ball 10, 12, 13 times in a whole game, and no wide receiver. And then six of those passes are going to Dalvin Cook, and just no wide receiver can make any sort of um, ability that way. Um, I'm going to stop my monologue for a second and see if Herman has any comments. Uh, yeah, yeah, no, no, no. Well, I mean, to your point, I don't think it's going to matter. Just, like, looking at who they're playing, I agree. 48 over under. I, I think it's going to be the under again here. Um, just looking at who the Vikings are playing, uh, the Bengals' defense is really bad. I mean, really bad. Um, they lost key players in the offseason. Um, uh, in, I believe, Carl Lawson and William Jackson. Um, so I don't think it's going to be better. Um, and... The Vikings are going to be able to do whatever they want to them. To Sam's point, they're going to run it if they can, and they're going to continue to run it. Um, yeah, obvious Dalvin Cook smash here. Um, I, I, you're, you're right, though. You know, Kirk Cousins will only throw it 20 times if the run's working. Um, so I would, you know, again, it looks like a great matchup on paper for the Vikings receivers. Um, but, you know, just keep that in mind. The game flow may, may determine uh, their output uh, more than you'd think. Um, that being said, start them all. You know, I mean, it's uh, the Bengals are bad. Someone, there are going to be a lot of points on the Vikings side, and the Vikings are going to control the game. Um, you're starting Thielen. You're starting Jefferson. You're starting Cook. Would you start Chris Herndon? No. God, no. Conklin? Yes. Conklin, no. Don't worry. Without Irv Smith, um, I think it's pretty much a pass on the Vikings tight ends this season. Yeah. That's a no. Until I see something positive, I'm not. I'm not betting on either of those guys. Um, I did just look and notice that the Bengals were the only ranked 25th in the league in rush defense. So I think, and so I think, uh, Dalvin Cook is about to have a field day, and then um, just fun little nugget. Mike Zimmer kind of created the Bengals' defense for a very long time, and keeps taking, or you know, because he was the Cincinnati defensive coordinator for a hot minute before he came over to, before he came to the Vikings. He did a bad job. Let me tell you right now. <laughs> well, you know, he's, well, I don't know if they were that bad back then, but 
No, but so I don't know. I don't know if that actually has any <laughs> influence on the gameplay whatsoever. I just think so. Maybe he's like, well, yes, they're doing because I taught them how to play. <laughs> um. Anyway, what do you think about the Bengals side? Um, don't do Jamar Chase. Don't fall into that trap. Uh, in true Vikings fashion, we're gonna get burned, and I bet T. Higgins is gonna be that burn. Um, the Vikings defense is completely revamped. You can't really pay attention to last year's stats because the new new starters on the team are Daniel Hunter, uh, Michael Tomlinson. My, oh, Michael Pierce, not Michael Tomlinson. I'm sorry. Uh, Michael Pierce, but Tomlinson from New York, who just who is the top rated defensive tackle of free agency this year. And then we, they brought back Sheldon Richardson. And then in the secondary, they brought... Um, Patrick Peterson, didn't they? Patrick Peterson, Rashad Breeland, I think from Cincinnati. Yeah, from Cincinnati to come in. And they even brought back uh, Mackenzie Alexander. And just they really focused on getting their secondary and bringing back all their new pieces. Anthony Barr might be returning from injury week one. That's still yet to be determined. But the starters on the Viking side of the ball are brand new and are just and really a bunch of powerhouses, and it's going to be a very effective defense. And so with that front four eating up that O-line, I really am thinking that they're going to need to throw the ball because they're going to be behind. So I would almost sit on Joe Mixon. I mean, you're not going to sit Joe Mixon. That's not what I'm saying. But I would not be. I would be nervous about Joe Mixon. Um, I would be nervous about Jamar Chase because he'll be looking at Harrison Smith while he's going down the field. Um, I do believe that there's one receiver that's going to get by. It's going to be T. Higgins. I think he's talented enough to create a little bit of a fallout. So I do believe T. Higgins will find himself in the end zone. Um, But Joe Burrow, I'm very nervous about. Yeah, and I I agree with you on most of those takes. Um, Joe Burrow, I would sit him this game. Uh, First game back from that horrible knee injury. And and that thing did not happen early in the season. It was late. It has not been that long since that injury occurred. Um, So I would just be nervous. Uh, Mentally, I don't think he's quite recovered yet from it. He's still not gotten hit yet, which is, uh, you know, how's that? How is he going to take that um, when that happens? Um, and and really, you know, the Bengals screwed up the draft. They drafted Jamar Chase. They should have drafted Penny Sewell. Um, Sam's Sam's been alluding to it. Their offensive line is not great. It probably is better than last year, but not by much. Twenty um, seventh uh, lowest pass blocker rating on PSFS. Yeah, it was not good, uh, and it should be a touch better than that. But again, you're looking at twentieth, right, at the best. Um, so now the one thing I do like, um, I don't agree with your Joe Mixon take. Uh, this is, you know, Sam's mentioned Gio Bernard was shipped off to um, uh, the Buccaneers. He has always been that passing down back. Uh, Joe Mixon's now going to get all the catches, and so I really think you're going to see a full three down workload from Joe Mixon. Even if he can't get it done in the on the ground, um, I think he'll get a good bit of targets and get it done through the air. Because the other thing that Joe Burrow's not going to have is time. Uh, and so Joe Burrow is going to have to dump it off. He's going to have to play short. I actually like Tyler Boyd a lot for this game. Mackenzie Alexander is a, 
is a slot corner and he's a little undersized. And so um, I think Tyler Boyd is is an oversized slot receiver. Um, I think he's going to do really well and is going to be um, uh, Joe Burrow's safety blanket for this game. Um, but those are really uh, – and T. Higgins. I would play T. Higgins uh, just because of his big playability. I think he's an ascending talent. Um, I would fade Jamar Chase as well, though. Yes. Yes. Fade Jamar Chase. I didn't mention Tyler Boyd, but I like your Tyler Boyd take. Um, yes. Vikings really focus on the deep and the outside. It leaves their middle. Um, they do have Eric Kendricks in the middle, and he will probably he will be on. And he's one of the best pass block, uh, pass coverage linebackers in the league, according to people of the league. Um, but yeah, that loss of Anthony Barr will leave the middle of the field uh, pretty susceptible if Anthony Barr ends up not playing Week One. Um, but yes, I do like Tyler Boyd. I do like T. Higgins. You and I have always been split on Joe Mixon. I've never been a fan of his. Um, but that might have to do with his off-field stuff. Uh, but yes, Jamar Chase, I have no hope for this game. He's going to be shut down. All right. We've been, we've been on how long we've been recording now? About 45 minutes? Sounds good. Uh, so, all right. Big field day for the Falcon Eagles at the Falcons this week. Oh, did you have anyone else you wanted to touch on the Eagles, Falcons? Kirk Cousins. We didn't even mention Kirk Cousins. Oh, yeah. I haven't. Kirk Cousins has been on the waiver wire every league I've been in at the end of the draft. I don't know why people aren't picking him up. Dude, dude's solid. Uh, dude's a solid fantasy quarterback. You know, he has plenty of weapons. He has the versatility. Um, all they do. I'm telling you as a Vikings fan that organization wants Kirk Cousins to succeed. They want him to look good so their fan base doesn't burn them down. So Kirk Cousins, you can be skeptical. I look at him as a surefire start. I mean, yes, they might not pass the ball that often, and that can kind of hinder him. But they do like to pass the ball when they get to the red. And I'm going to key in on that last statement you said about them not passing a lot. The Vikings... Their philosophy, offensive philosophy, has and defensive philosophy, we want to play defense, we want to stop the other team, and then we want to run it down your throat. If Kirk Cousins can throw 20 times, that's perfect. That's exactly what they want. I see Kirk Cousins as nothing more than a floor play. He's going to give you, you know, that he's going to give you some points, but there's no ceiling there. Would you play Kirk Cousins or Carson Wentz? Let's say oh man, that's a tough one. Uh, <laughs> I think I'd go Carson Wentz. Be honest. Yeah, just because he's gonna he's gonna have to do more with the ball to win. Because I don't think they're exactly Seahawks are gonna put up points, yeah. and I don't think um, they're gonna be able to run it to win. Absolutely. Eagles and Falcons here for we're about to have a field day. And don't worry, you guys. Now we're we're taking notes as we're doing this, and uh, there will be more structure to future shows instead of us just rambling on about the teams. Hope you all liked my burp there. Um, <laughs> Eagles and Falcons. Which players excite you most on this one, Herman? Um, you know this one. This one's tough. Um, yeah, the over under here is forty six and a half. I don't really know how I feel about that. I'm going to go with the under just because I don't know how I feel about that. Um, I don't expect either one of these offenses to be great. I don't expect either one of these defenses to be great. These are teams that are not going to do well this year um, in the NFL. 
Um, just looking at the quarterbacks to start, I think you would be – I mean, Jalen Hurts, I really like him as a play this week. Um, the Falcons' defense is just so freaking bad. Uh, I think with his rushing upside, you're going to get there, um, even if he's a horrific passer. Um, on the flip side, you know, Matt Ryan, um, he is uh, – again, this Eagles secondary I don't think is going to be great this year. Um, I, I don't think they're going to be able to – the Falcons, I don't think they're going to be able to run it just based on the personnel they have on their roster, which we'll talk about in a second. Um, uh, so they're going to have to throw. Um, Matt, Matt Ryan is a very – I see him very similar to Kirk Cousins. Yeah, I, I, I really look at Matt Ryan and Kirk Cousins in the same light. Um, did, sorry, I stepped away for a second. Did you cover the over-under? Uh, I did. I did. I, I'm smashing the under here. You're just hitting the under on that. See, the way I look at this is these are two offenses. These are two teams that have weapons on the offense with def- lacking defenses. And I think that there it's just two it's two bad teams or two mediocre teams playing each other. It's going to be high scoring cuz no one can stop the ball. Is you know what I mean? I th- so I would actually go on the over of this over under, and I do believe there will be points scored. And I think my issue is more the uh, the that the offenses are are we don't really know. I mean, they could be stagnant, really stagnant. Um, and and that's kind of my take. Ridley, Russell Gage, come on, bro. Yeah, but they can't run the ball. <laughs> hey. Mike Davis did great last year. I don't have his stats in front of me right now. I wish I oh don't worry guys, I'll get quicker at that. But I do know he had like fifty nine receptions last year, which is very much for par. And I what was his fantasy finish? But you know, Mike Davis I think will be and then they got Arthur Smith, the man who created Derek who brought Derrick Henry back to life when Derrick Henry was about to get cut. I don't know if y'all known that. But Derrick Henry got brought into a room and said, dude, you need to start playing or you're not going to be on this team anymore. And then he went and scored four touchdowns for 240 yards in a game or whatever it was. So there, you know, Derrick Henry. um, But Arthur Smith has really formed that run-first offense and has, like, a big guy like Mike Davis doing that. So I think Mike Davis might actually get more of a workload than you expect. And I'm all for Mike Davis uh, against the Eagles. I would definitely, I would definitely start him. I am starting him in a couple, in uh, one or two of my leagues. I have to make a decision on that second one. Um, so I do. Uh, I don't like Mike Davis. I think Fletcher Cox, who's the defensive tackle for the Eagles, is. I mean, he's one of the best in the league. Um, I just, I don't think they're gonna. I don't think the Falcons are gonna be able to run the ball. Um, I, I love the Falcons passing attack. Um, I, you know, Russell Gage, Calvin Ridley, even Kyle Pitts, I don't think is horrible this week. Uh, and so, you know, I would play the pass attack here because again, I don't think they're gonna be able to, you know, the world's all over the place on Kyle Pitts. A lot of people are like temper your expectations. And a lot of people are like, get ready for generational career setting, uh, trends. So rookie tight ends first game in the NFL. It might be an easy opponent, but just chill. You know what I mean? Yep. You you drafted him, and you drafted him when you drafted him, so you're going to start him. But do not hit the panic button when he gets less than eight points this week. When he has three catches for 
he'll have three catches for like 40 yards and everyone's going to freak out because he only scored five points, but he's averaging over 10 yards a catch already. You know what I mean? That's the kind of thing that's going to happen with um, Kyle Pitts. If he doesn't score a touchdown, people are going to be freaking out. What do you think about the Eagles side? Eagle side, hey man, I traded you Miles Sanders, so you know I'm not a fan of his. Um, Eagles, they just, to me, feel like a machine that has the wrong gears to get it running. Does that make sense? Um, Jalen Hurts, we'll see how he, he does this year. Uh, the Falcons were pretty susceptible to the quarterback, I believe. They were they gave up the most points to the wide receivers last year at 29.9. Uh, yeah, 30 points a game to wide receivers and 28 points to quarterbacks. So they're very susceptible to, to downfield. So I am a strong believer in Jalen Hurts. I get uh, performing, which when I was talking to you before the pre-show, was the, pretty much the exact opposite. But then looking at the numbers, I really realized that he is in a prime situation to really have a good game and really do a lot. Um, but then it comes to our receivers. Uh, we have Jalen Rager and Devonta Smith. Um, they cut Travis Fulgham. Who is the third receiver in uh, Philadelphia right Quez now? Watkins, baby. Quez Watkins. Well, go out and start your Quez Watkins, everybody. But no, um, I am a big fan of Jalen Rager. If you're in a bind in a flex spot, uh, he was plagued with injury all last season. He is a physical athlete, and I do believe that given the now that he's healthy and with opportunity, he will actually do quite a good job for your team. So don't be afraid to start Jalen Rager in your flex position if you find yourself in that sort of situation. Um, if you're looking at Jalen Rager, Devonta Smith, a rookie ru- a wide receiver on his first game of smaller in stature, who would you start between those two? Oh, Devonta Smith, hands down. Devonta Smith over Jalen Rager? Yeah, 100%. Um, like. Like I said, I don't think we really got to see the true Jalen Rager last year. And with and so I see, we'll see what we get when we go with that. So this. I'm interested to see Jalen Hurts, you know, first off, I think they're gonna run that they're gonna run the hell out of the ball on this game. The Falcons aren't gonna be able to stop it. It's gonna be Miles Sanders and Jalen Hurts just destroying them on the ground. They have a healthy offensive line, which is going to come in and, and help that run game. Um, week one here, they, they never do stay healthy. So don't expect that to continue. Um, but I do think they're going to just get away with being able to run the ball just down the Falcons throats. If you are going to play receivers, I would play receivers that are going to cut ca- that are going to uh, um, catch passes at a shallower rate. I don't believe in Jalen Hurts's deep ball and it being accurate. And so I like Devontae Smith because he's going to catch a lot of passes near the line of scrimmage and doing slant routes. I really don't think the Falcons are going to be able to cover him. This is a Heisman winning receiver who is a, a fantastic route runner. Uh, he's going to be open. It's just a matter of if Jalen Hurts can hit him. Um, Sam mocks Quez Watkins, but I actually like this man as well. He's going to play in the slot. And again, he's just going to have short air yards. Um, but this guy runs a four, a four, three. Um, he has burners. And so if he gets it in space, he could easily house it for an 80 yard touchdown, a very long touchdown, mind you, uh, against this just weak Falcons defense. Don't play the defenses. <laughs> Don't play defenses. Oh, and to our previous, what we were talking about, I forgot to say it. Start the Vikings defense, by the way. 
<laughs> Start the Vikings defense against the Bears. Definitely a sneaky upside streamer play. 100%. But like I said, you guys, they have seven new starters. <laughs> they have seven new starters. Four. No one that's playing in the front four played last year for the Vikings. So, just something to think about. Um, Anything else on this game? Let's go to the Jags and Texans. I have. All right. I will say my piece for the Jags and Texans, and then I'll let you talk your ear off. Um, You're going to start James Robinson because you drafted him like a dummy. That's how I feel about it. I'm sorry. And you'll start Brandon Cooks because... He's the only he pro, is the only receiver that probably has the potential to actually put up real production. You have to start someone in the Houston backfield. You know, you're gonna you have you either have David Johnson on your team, or you thought about it and you were like, you know what, Philip Lindsay is actually the more versatile pass catching running back on this team. So, I you know. But you're not gonna. You don't want to start either of those two. Start David Johnson because he's the bigger name, and see how the season plays out. But um, Brandon Cooks, if you're in a pinch, you can go for it at flex. James Robinson, you're gonna start because he's the three down back now. That over there, and then you have the Houston running back room where you can go Philip Lindsay or David Johnson, and everyone else is on your waiver wire. Any comments about that? Oh, by the way, this game has a 45.5 uh, over-under uh, over with a 2.5-point spread to the Texans. Yeah, um, it, I, I honestly think that they're just going to run the hell out of the ball, both these teams. I don't think either one of them. It would be interesting to see, though, the Jags give uh, Trevor Lawrence a little bit more oomph and opportunity and i hope they do it in week one because the texans can be exploited the jaguars i did not like what i saw out of preseason they had no rhythm i i do not believe in urban meyer as a as a college football coach um and so i'm just a little afraid as to the offensive scheme here i mean on both sides these are two teams that are going to be the worst the worst in the league um so if i on the jags i would start lavisca He's going to get some short air yard targets. Um, he's going to get a lot of catches, I think. He's going to play that Travis Etienne gadget role that Urban Meyer loves so much. Um, I think he's a good play. James Robinson is going to be a good play again this week. Um, you know, he'll have 10 to 15 carries. Um, this Texans defense isn't going to be able to stop him. Um, I think you actually can get away with playing Philip Lindsay uh, this week. I think he'll probably fall into the end zone at least once. Um, I I don't think I'd start any of the pass catchers for the Texans this week. Um, Tyrod Taylor does not throw a lot of completions during a game, and that's who's going to be the week one starter. Uh, so I you know I I just don't like week one. Tyrod Taylor, I mean, maybe Brandon Cooks, but even then, um, you know, I'm a little scared of it. Uh, I just think they might run the hell out of the ball, both these teams. And so, I, again, I'm hitting the under on the 45.5. I just <laughs> I just do not like the offenses. I would hit the under on the 45.5, man. This is going to be a boring game. This is going to be depressing for the fans of both fans. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, don't play the defenses. Don't. <laughs> yeah, if you can stay out of this game, go do it. If you can't, you know, <laughs> hopefully you're not trying to start Trevor Lawrence right now. Yeah, let him prove it first before you start him. Right. All right, Herman, you ready to move on to the next yeah, one? Yeah, let's do it. 
Alright guys, now let's move on to the next matchup we got here today. Uh, Steelers versus Bills. With only a 50 and a half point over under, I'm actually... These are two just powerhouse teams that might actually end up finding themselves in the AFC Finals together. If AFC Championship against each other. You know what I mean? Both are so round, both are so roundabout. Um, both are very well built and have championship runs. It'll be these two and KC, honestly, in my opinion, for the AFC. Yeah, it'll be interesting to see. Um, I agree with you, though. I think the Steelers are getting slept on a little bit this year, um, and and I think they're going to be just as good as you know they were last year. To be honest. The Bills have a uh, go to the Bills the minus six for the line, which is pretty surprising. And I really do think with Najee Harris, since Le'Veon Bell, I mean James Conner did all right. Right, you know he had that one year where he started out super hot. But I think Najee Harris is only going to elevate that run game and bring more versatility to it, and really make the Steelers next level. But we're not here to just talk about football and teams in general. We're here to talk about players. So let's uh, which um, let's start with the Steelers. Let's uh, Herman. Let me hear what you have to say. Think about the Steelers wide receiver core. Yeah, you know the Bills have always been good at stopping big plays. So I actually don't love Chase Claypool here. Um, I get it. If you want to play him, you know, any week he could go bananas. So um, that's not necessarily determined too much on matchup. Um, takes one, takes play. one play. You're absolutely correct. <laughs> I also still have questions about Ben Roethlisberger's throwing arm, um, which makes me like Juju and Deontay a lot more. These are going to be the guys that have those shorter air yard uh, completions. Uh, and so they're going to get a lot of them. I think um, I also see them just pounding the rock with Najee this game um, on the bills. Uh, the bills do have Ed Oliver in the middle. Who's a pretty talented young DT. It'll be interesting to see if he takes a step forward this year. Um, uh, but Najee, I mean, Najee's a freak of nature. He's, he's a phenomenal running back. Um, I think they'll do just fine against the ground. So I think those three players is really who I'm, I'm starting this week. Yeah. Not, you said Najee, big Ben, I think Najee, Juju, and uh, uh, Deontay Johnson. I don't think, uh, like, you probably have better options than Big Ben. Let me just say it like that. I don't hate him, but. Big Ben Ben is your streaming quarterback. Um, My theory on Big Ben, and I told Herman about this, and I think he agrees. If you're expecting three wide receivers on one team to all do well, they're all being drafted to be weekly starters or at least like in healthy rotation. The guy throwing them that ball is going to be doing well as well. That's how I feel about Big Ben. Um, If you really think that the Steelers wide receivers are going to hit their potential, Ben Roethlisberger is going to have a career season. And so... Take that as you do it. I don't think he's gonna hit it, so I'm a, I'm a little nervous about wide receiver uh, Steelers wide receivers. Um, I do. I am a boomer bust kind of guy, so I would throw Claypool out there to see if he can just get over the top for that one 50 yard touchdown. Um, otherwise, I would feel probably more safe about Juju Smith Schuster. Why I really like Juju Smith Schuster is he moving back into the slot with uh, Deonta Johnson and Chase Claypool. Um, being there, 
And when Juju Smith-Schuster, or I should just, yeah, Ju- when Juju was no longer the wide receiver two, was the wide receiver two for the Pittsburgh Steelers when Antonio Brown was there, his numbers really excelled. When he's not the main focus of a defense, he can really take advantage. And I think we'll see that this next game. So I'm not usually a Juju fan, but I would probably start him over the other two. In my opinion, yeah, and I and I agree with that. Um, uh, I think Juju's gonna do just fine here. Um, and and again, I it's more my question of Ben's arm. Like last year, it just looked bad, and age does not do better. Like as you get older, your shoulder doesn't get better. And so all reports are saying that he's fine. I'm gonna need to see that to believe it before I start throwing Claypool in or really believing in the Steelers' passing attack. What do you think about the Bills? Oh, the Bills, you know, we got Josh Allen, we got Stephon Diggs, the number one rece- number one receiver of 2021. You'll see it. I, t- I said it here first, folks. Um, and then you have Zach Moss, Devil Signal Theory. Really excited about the pass attack here. Obviously, Josh Allen and Stephon Diggs are surefire starts. You're going to start them. And, um, However, the Steelers' defense might be a little more effective than we had one than you're hoping for. They were pretty middle of the pack when it comes to um, PFF ranking. When it comes to pass rush and coverage, well, actually in coverage they were top five. So be, trying to move the ball down the field might be uh, hard. And like uh, Herman said, they um they're really good at shutting down that one guy the shadow uh Tredavious White yeah Tredavious White's right? real nice yeah. on the Bills defense yeah and he'll be yeah on the Bills defense and he'll be on Stephon Diggs well he'll be on and Chase so Claypool was, you you got <laughs> I'm, so sorry. No, I'm so good. sorry I'm all over the place uh I see yeah um but Stephon but Diggs will Stephon still have Diggs. Minka Fitzpatrick who's also a very very talented corner uh yeah that. Safety Thank corner. you. That yeah. was the name I was looking for. I was just lost for a second. <laughs> that was the name. I'm Mika Fitzpatrick will be going well with Stephon Diggs, and I can't believe it's, it's really hard for the Dolphins to let someone like Fitzpatrick go because he is a top-notch talent. That was the name I was trying to get to. Um, so Stephon D- Diggs. Uh, so I really actually think Cole Beasley might find himself quite open this game and find himself with a healthy number of receptions, maybe even upwards of five. Not to get crazy, but um, so and then you have Zach Moss and Devin Singletary, who are just just such unexpected <laughs> plays. Do you agree? Yeah, <laughs> I mean, absolutely. I frankly, I'm fading pretty much everyone on the Bills this week. The Steelers yeah. are gonna yeah. be a fantastic defense this year, like they are most years. Um, I it's like you can play Stephon Diggs. I think you probably have to. But it would not surprise me at all if they double him the entire game, uh, making the Bills beat them some other way. And right now, the running backs with Zach Moss and Devin Singletary, they're not going to get it done on the ground, not against the Steelers front. And so the Steelers know they're not going to be able to run it. If they double the uh, Stephon Diggs, um, uh, they're going to have to go somewhere else. And so I think it's it's honestly easy enough for the Steelers to know exactly what the Bills are going to try to do and just put an end to it. Um, cause they have the talent and the personnel and defensive side of the ball to do that. Um, Josh Allen's the only one that I would say may get away with again, hitting his fantasy point total. Um, 
just because this man air is going to air it out a billion times. I mean, it's, it's going to he's going to throw it a lot uh, because they're not going to be able to run this ball. Um, so, needless to say, the uh, over under is a fifty and a half uh, over under. I'm I'm smashing the under on this one. Yeah, I'll hit I'll hit the under on that one too. The only wide receiver I'm really or no, sorry, not wide receiver. The only player I'm really I would be okay with playing is Josh Allen because I see a lot of rushing yards for Josh Allen in this game, trying to scramble, get away, and wait for people to get waiting for lanes to get open. Josh Allen has a way of just getting it done. Um, right. So, right. so I, but it might I, be with his I, legs. I, I You're absolutely pull. correct. That's why I'm, I think he'll move, be moving a lot through his legs in this next matchup. All right. Ready for our last one of the first episode ever? Our first premiere debut episode. Woo! We're almost over. Let's do it. <laughs> All right. 49ers and Lions with a 46-point over-under. This game expects a 46-0 for the 49ers. No, I'm just kidding. But this game is going to be a slaughter. Um, it uh, it has the Lions gives us uh, plus seven point five points. Sorry, my partner here. Sorry, I'll stop apologizing. Uh, my partner here has plus and minus on all of these, so I have to catch myself on what I'm trying to say. But the Lions have it. There's an eight point spread in the Niners' favor. Yep. Um, and with a forty uh six point over under. Not a lot of points being scored in this game because it's probably evidently expected for the 49ers to take their lead and then hold their lead with a lot of run plays, a lot of movement on the ground. Um, The Lions last year gave up 135 rushing yards a game to the running back position and almost two and really allowed them to score almost two touchdowns a game. When you look at their points allowed, they came in second with over 27 points scored by the running back on a weekly average. And Raheem Mostert is going to get this start here. Trey Sermon will come in and get his touches. And honestly, if Trey Sermon is going to do anything worth fantasy production, it's going to ha- uh, happen after in garbage time. That's, you know, that's when it's going to happen. In garbage time with the rest of the when they seat most and they're already up by over 20 points they're gonna get let their rookie running back get it is yeah i mean i um, couldn't agree more with that uh that evaluation um uh, jimmy garoppolo is also getting the start for this one i know they drafted trey lance third overall um J- jimmy g is going to be the starter um you know, and I, I do expect Jimmy G to uh, do decent. I, I don't think a lot's going to be asked of him, honestly. I, I you know, Shanahan's run attack, rushing attack has, has always been just incredibly effective. And this Lions team is bottom of the barrel when it comes to uh, rush defense. Uh, they're, they're just going to run in a bunch and, and they're going to control this game. Anyone you are willing to start for the Lions? Um, yeah, I mean, I, I think you've got to start TJ Hawkinson. Um, I like him a lot. Uh, look at the Lions are going to have to throw, man. They're, it's not going to they, – they're not going to be able to run it. One, the defense is too good of the 49ers. Um, I don't think that the the uh, Lions have anyone that's going to be able to beat that defensive front. Um, and so it's going to be Jared Goff in a lot of short yard situations again. Um, he may have some boomer bust plays over the top, but I, I really don't think 
Jared Goff is that kind of guy. Um, I think you're going to see a lot of Hawkinson in the middle uh, getting targeted on third downs. I think you're going to see a lot of DeAndre Swift and Jamal Williams in the flats getting screens and whatnot just to just to try to create some offense. Ultimately, though, I don't think the Lions are going to score many points at all or have much offense, period. Does DeAndre Swift's groin injury uh, scare you at all for his uh, amount of time on the field? You know, it makes me nervous. Um, I wouldn't play DeAndre Swift anyways here, I don't think. Um, This is just not a matchup that I like, period. Uh, He also is, again, that groin injury. I think he'll play. I think it'll be a more even split with Jamal Williams, though, just because of that uh, injury and him potentially being out of shape. Um, And so, again, you know, a split, a bad defense. Uh, a bad or a, a, a hard defensive matchup. I, I, I'm out this week. I just don't think he's gonna he's gonna do it. You know the mismatch at the line of scrimmage is so crazy because the 49ers had the top five run blocking defense, while the Lions have the top bottom five uh, run uh, run now, defense. Now, that being like said... The Niners have the run block and the Lions can't block the run. That being said, that Lions offensive line is going to be better for sure. Well, this was, No, this was uh, with the Niners offenses on the field. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah the Lions are going to smoke. I mean, just play. Play all your Niners. Play them. Play Mostert. Play, you know, play Sermon. I think you can play Debo. I think you can play Ayuk. I think you obviously are playing Kittle. Um, I think you can play them all, to be honest. I would be a little, like I said, I would be a little wary on the quarterback situation because I really do feel like the Niners are going to get the lead early and then want to go home. Yeah, um, and I see... You know what I mean? Just run that clock Absolutely, down. yeah. And, and I can understand that as well. Um, but I still think Jimmy G, I mean, again... Don't start Jimmy G, but I still think he'll throw for 200 yards here. Um, you know, I mean, the Lions are going to be exploitable in every aspect of it. Um, uh, but what I was saying about the Lions run, uh, so the Ryan, the Lions, you know, they just drafted Penny Sewell. Um, they also have a center in Frank Ragno, which is probably going to push to be one of the best centers in the league. Now, granted, this is a rookie left tackle. I'm not expecting him to step in and be, uh, he actually might be on the right side. Anyways, uh, I'm not going to expect him to step in week one and be, you know, that wrecker uh, that really drives this rush defense, especially when he's got to go against Nick Bosa. It's just not happening. So look for them to strengthen as the year goes on. But as of right now, uh, I'm out. Yeah, Nick Bosa is a huge addition. And Jared Goff trying to run an offense without Sean McVay in his year, I feel is just going to be a dumpster fire. It's not going to be good. (laughs) Yeah, it's going to be a rough one, man. Um, so yeah, honestly, I would, yeah, like I said, yeah, you said I would stay away from the Lions. You can, is there anyone in the Lions receiver quarter that you feel worth mentioning? You, you really probably have better options. Um, <laughs> you really do. I, and I, you can probably go pick most of them up off the yeah, way. Right I now. mean, Terrell Williams, if you're going to take a shot, I'm taking a shot on him. Um, right. but, but just do yourself a favor and don't. <laughs> Again, Hawkinson, the only one that I would play on the Lions this week. Yeah, I agree with that. Hawkinson all the way, 100%. Based on sheer volume alone. And since you drafted him in the fourth or fifth round, you kind of have to. (laughs) Yeah. Dumbass. No, I'm just playing. (laughs)
Jared Goff is his quarterback, man. I always has a Vikings fan. Oh, so the best thing about the Stafford Goff trade is we get to play Goff twice a year. Goff, Goff is a beast at throwing ten yard slants. <laughs> <laughs> Just don't ask him to do much else. And there's one guy on that team that can do that. Yeah. Uh, Hawkinson will be sitting right there in the middle. Do that five yard turnaround. <laughs> but like you said, yeah. Uh, for 49ers wide receivers, if you got another option, I would go that way just because and find a team that's going to actually need to pass the ball to win their game. All right. Are you ready for our final segment? Our first segment? Or not our first segment, but like our first thing that we're doing that's unique about us? Hell yes. Let's do it. All right, you guys, here we are. We are going to do a boom list and a bust list, and we're going to keep track of these players all year to see if we are actually any good <laughs> at projecting, at projecting, um, at projecting boomer bust. Sorry, I got an email. Apparently, I just auto drafted in one of my work leads. <laughs> Oops. Sick. <laughs> anyway. Anyway. Um, so do you want to go first or should I? No, I can go first. So, um, yeah, well, this is going to be based on uh, projected fantasy points, half PPR on sleeper. Um, if we call them a boom candidate, all we're doing is projecting them to beat their uh, fantasy point projection. If we call them a bus player, uh, obviously we're just projecting them to to miss their uh, fantasy point projection. Um so my first player is uh, someone we've we, you know we've talked about all these guys, but um, Raheem Mostert um, is going to be my boom player, one of my boom players. Again, I think he's such a smash. The uh, the Lions are not going to be able to stop Raheem Mostert or the rushing attack. Um, I think he's golden for about 80 yards and a touchdown, and he's only projected uh, about 12 points. So um, I, I definitely like Raheem Mostert this week, and and I I think he's going to go over that total for sure. Yeah, Raheem Mostert, like I said, that uh, Detroit Lions defense is super susceptible. The only reason he's on your list and not mine is because you said his name. (laughs) (laughs) Do you want to do one of yours next? Yeah, yeah, we'll we'll alternate it like that. I like that uh, structure. So my first one is actually going to be Big Ben Roethlisberger this year. Like, um, Like I said, he's only projected 17 points. And with those three receivers that he has to feed and are gonna demand that kind of coverage, he uh, he's gonna he's gonna get it. And 17 points is not that much for a receiver or a quarterback, especially when he's throwing touchdowns. Um, oh come on, yeah, the Steelers and the Bills. That's gonna be a tough defense, but that's gonna be a tough game, and they're gonna have to move the ball through the air to keep up. So yeah, I know it's yeah, it's only a fifty point over under, but I think the Steelers are really going to show up for that game. So I but I my boss and pretty much my streaming quarterback will be uh, Big Ben. Yeah, and, Ben Roethlisberger. And seventeen points is not asking much. <laughs> it's not asking much. Uh, that's that's what we call a safe bet. Yeah. Uh, okay, my next one um, is, and again, these are going to be guys that you're playing anyways, but I project them to go nuclear. Uh, I actually think Joe Mixon is going to is gonna do really well this week. Um, I think with Joe Burrow being 
still coming back from that injury, they're really going to lean on Joe Mixon, uh, their veteran running back. They've given all this money to uh, to to just run the offense. Um, uh, well, well, uh, uh, Joe Burrow still nursing that knee back to health and getting used to playing an NFL game. Um, so he's a 15 point total. Uh, Geo's gone. He's going to get all the work. Um, I think he's going to hit that 15 points. Like I said, my biggest uh, worry about that, especially for the Vi- is the Vikings defense. Um, with the Neil Hunter returning, Dalvin Tomlinson is his name. That's why I- I'm sorry about saying his name er- earlier. But Dalvin Tomlinson is their new defensive tackle they got this year. And the return of Michael Pierce, the all-pro from Baltimore. And then the re-signing of Sheldon Richardson. That new front four is so um, intimidating that I think that Joe Mixon will really have a hard time. And like you said, with Joe uh, Joe Burrow just coming back, they're going to not want to put the ball in his hands, especially if he's just going to keep being knocked down, that they're going to be predictable. And he, Joe Mixon is going to be going up against a stacked box all day. Yeah, I, I'm relying more on the passing volume, to be honest, for Joe Mixon. <laughs> I, I really am. I, I, I think he's going to have about I, two seconds in that pocket, and he's going to have to get rid of it. For sure. All right, my next one is Miles Sanders. Miles Sanders is only at 13 points, and I think that's going to be low because Miles Sanders is going to score a touchdown, and Miles Sanders is going to have over 60 yards against the Falcons' defense. That, honestly, when looking at the run defense ability, was pretty average. It was nothing spectacular, nothing exciting. In fact, yeah. The run defense in Falcons was nothing impressive, and I think Miles Sanders is going to have a field day. I do not look at Boston Scott or anyone like that as a threat to his ability. Yeah, they were 13th rated in their run defense, and so. I couldn't uh, agree more. That's how I feel. Yeah, yeah. Couldn't agree more. (laughs) Just without repeating myself and going over everything the same. I think Miles Sanders... Breaking 13 measly points is not going to be a chance because they got rid of carry on Johnson. So, so I'm not even worried about him losing passing volume, passing downs to anyone at this point. There's Kenneth Gainwell, but he's a rookie. Yeah. Um, no, could, couldn't agree more. I think that's a great call. Uh, my next guy is uh, Calvin Ridley. Um, you know, in that same game, um, I don't think the, the Falcons are going to be able to run the ball. Calvin Ridley does have a 17.5-point projection. Um, I think he's going to beat that just sheer volume-wise. Arthur Smith, I think, is going to make Calvin Ridley even more efficient. Um, and so they're going to have to throw it a, a ton in this game. Uh, so give me Calvin Ridley. I mean, you're playing him anyways, but uh, he's, he's going to go over. Yeah, you don't draft someone in the second round and then sit him. That's for sure. <laughs> Uh, yeah, so I'm going to have to follow that up with Brandon Cooks. Now, this is a strange one, and I know I don't like anyone on this team, but he's only uh, projected 12.5 points. And there are 24 top <laughs> There are twenty top 20 wide receivers, obviously. So one's going to probably – statistically, one's going to come from each game, and I think the one coming from this game will be Brandon Cooks. He's really the only reliable wide receiver in the Houston uh, receiver core. Um, I really think if Tyrod Taylor is going to throw the ball, it's going to be deep. And if it's going to be deep, it's going to be to Brandon Cooks. 
So if he scores, it's this is one who's real touchdown dependent. But I do believe that Brandon Cooks will break the his twelve point five point projection. I agree with you too. Jacksonville secondary is not Yikes. good. <laughs> um. Now we're moving on to busts for the week. Um, my first bust is is Ezekiel Elliott. Um, he's coming in at 16 points um, against that Bucks front. I mean, I really just don't think he's gonna get there, uh, and so I, I'm I'm fading him. Yeah, that's and with James Conner, James Conner is very is gonna be a touchdown dependent. He's projected 10 points, and if he gets a touchdown. It means he still has to run 40 yards, and I don't not see James Conner getting 40 yards and a touchdown this game, and all the passing work is going to be the Chase Edmonds. Yeah, couldn't agree more there. My next one is DJ Shark. Um, It's more of how much I don't like what I'm hearing out of training camp. Uh, He's projected for 11 points. Everything I've heard, Urban Meyer just does not like this guy. Uh, And he's been injured now. He just had to have surgery on a finger. I think he'll be good to go week one. Obviously, this will be null and void if uh, if he doesn't go. But um, I just don't see a world where they hit this. Week one with a rookie quarterback. um, It is a weak secondary, but I really see them just pounding the ball. I don't think he's going to get there. Yeah, DJ Chark, he I think he put on what was it, ten pounds of muscle this off season or something ridiculous like that, trying to size up because Urban Meyer watched his tapes and was like, Who is this guy? <laughs> yeah, I think you're right. <laughs> um, my second bus is Kyle Pitts. Now, before you get the torches and the pitchforks, let's I just wanna say a rookie tight end in his first game ever. Is just not the ideal situation to be starting. But because you drafted Kyle Pitts, you are stuck starting Kyle Pitts. Um, I'm just looking put and pull up the tight ends points against and see where the Eagles landed real quick for us. The Eagles were ninth. They did allow eight points a game against tight ends last year. But that's not the ten points that he's projected, or the eleven points that he's projected. I don't know. Um, it just doesn't seem like in the cards for Kyle Pitts. Even if he gets three catches for 60 yards, you know, if, if he scores a touchdown, maybe. But I just, I would be temper your expectations. But don't freak out. Don't freak out when he doesn't and sell him for a low price when he doesn't hit this week. I will follow this up with saying that Sam did draft him in our dynasty draft at three overall. So Sam is by all means on the Kyle Pitts train. Uh, oh. Just not this year. <laughs> get Kyle Pitts. Yes. And if you're in a dynasty, get Kyle Pitts. If you are in a dynasty team, do what you can within reason to get Kyle Pitts. He's an amazing player. And I bet he, and he's going to be off my taxi squad by the end of the season. He's going to be starting. He's great. You know, he's going to be good. Just not his first game ever in the NFL. Okay. Um, moving on to my last bust. Um, I've already talked about this guy a little bit, but Stefan Diggs, um, he's projected 18 points. That's, that's a hefty number. Um, st- I just don't see the Steelers letting him have 18 points. I really think they're going to say, hey, beat us some other way. Uh, if you're going to win, we know you can't run it. We're not going to let you just pepper Stephon Diggs with targets. Throw it to someone else. Uh, so I, I'm under on him. I, I think he's. I don't think he's going to hit his total. Damn. 
I'm I'm on the opposite. I mean, 18 points, I think, is about where he'll finish up. Maybe just under. But So I'm going with Jamar. My last bust is going to be Jamar Chase. Um, going against the Vikings defense. They have a new secondary. They brought back Mackenzie Alexander, but he's going to be a slot. Um, what really is going to be is Jamar Chase is going to be going deep. Jamar Chase is having trouble creating separation in this offseason. And you know who's going to be covering deep and is really good at at stopping contested catches? It's Harrison Smith. He is an all-pro, just fantastic safety. And Jamar, and he's going to be all over Jamar Chase all game. Honestly, I'm not saying Jamar Chase may be targeted, but like whether or not he actually gets the ball and whether or not the Vikings D-line gives him enough time to get downfield, for Joe Burrow to throw him the ball, I don't think 10 points is in his range. Um, like I said earlier, I'd be starting T. Higgins in uh, this matchup. I think Jamar Chase is going to find himself in trouble and really bust week one. I, I agree with that. It'll be interesting. I don't even think he's going to get the playing time he needs to get that point total. So I, I'm exactly. right on point with you. All right, guys. Well, thank you so much for listening. If you are listening, that would be great. Um, I think you like and subscribe on YouTube. I'm very unfamiliar with the process. I don't social media, but you know, <laughs> yeah. this is my this is me my learning hit, curve. Hit, hit the subscribe button on iTunes. We'd really appreciate it uh, if you like this show. Um, if you don't, um, you know, let us know. Uh, hit me up on FFF underscore Hermdog on Twitter. Um, uh, you know, we're always looking for feedback to make the show better. So, uh, uh, feel free to share. Or if you don't just leave us alone. Or fuck off. Um, yeah, but tell your friends, spread words. You know, we're just two guys trying to do something new with our lives. So this would be cool. Um, you can follow me on Twitter at Sam underscore Graham with two M's at the end of each name. I've been trying to figure out the best way to describe it, but just S A M M. G-R-A underscore G-R-A-H-A-M-M. But this, we are the Fantasy Football Fortunes. We're here to help you win your league and win some money down the line. Uh, this has been a lot of fun, and I definitely enjoyed it enough to do it again. Did you? Hell yeah. We'll be back tomorrow. <laughs> All right. Yeah, we'll uh, be posting another one tomorrow. So thanks, guys. Talk to you later. Peace.